Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 69 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We are so glad you're listening today. We have a fantastic conversation with our good friend, Ken Adams, and uh, it's one that you definitely want to hear. But before we get to that content, let me remind you to go over and subscribe to our podcast. We don't want you to miss a single episode. You can go to whatever podcast listening app you use. We're all on all of those, so subscribe to us so you don't miss an episode, and make sure you listen to the very end of today's episode, because at the end, you're going to learn how to enter the Bribe to Subscribe contest. We're giving away a new iPad, so we want to make sure that you be a part of that contest, so make sure you listen to the very end. Now, here is today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode, and before we go any further, Ken, I'm sorry, you can't win the iPad, so... (laughs) Uh, this week we have a return guest, Ken Adams from Crossroads Church in Noonan, Georgia. He's also the founder and director of Impact Disciples. Uh, he's our friend. We've learned a lot from him uh, the past few years about disciple making. We've got to serve alongside him in some uh, opportunities to to see some neat things happen in disciple making. And we're so glad you could join us back on the podcast this week, Ken. Thank you for joining us. Oh man, it's great to be here. And, uh, Hey, you guys know I love hanging out with y'all and being a part of your podcast. And, uh, man, I just want to say I've been thinking about this a lot since we talked about getting together again. And uh, I just want y'all to know, man, I I listen to you even when I'm not uh, being able to be a part of it. Listen to just about every podcast. Uh, What you guys are doing is fantastic. And you are two things. Number one, you're, you're, you're reaching a group of leaders and pastors, church leaders that um, probably get overlooked by a lot of different podcasts. And so uh, you really got a great target of who you're speaking to, uh, but also, and you just keep championing uh, disciple making. And so uh, I, I just can tell you that that is the heart of God. And so you, you can't go wrong by, uh, by talking about disciple making. So, Hey, thanks for letting me be a part of it. You guys know it's a privilege to, uh, uh, to be any to do it, be able to do anything you guys are doing is really uh, a privilege and an honor. So I'm humbled to be here. Well, man, thank you for sharing those words, Ken. We appreciate you. And I don't, you probably, I, there's no way you would know this, Ken. But uh, so I'll drop this surprise on you. Your first episode with us, we'll link that in the show notes. Your first episode with us, episode is, eight, by the way, episode eight. Yep. It's still the most downloaded episode of our podcast history. And that's pretty cool. So oh, how about we that? may have yeah. you back for you know, a it, third time. I think it has 11 downloads, Ken. <laughs> that's right. We hit double digits. <laughs> double digits. Cool. But anyway, we're glad to have you back on the podcast. Let me just start by saying this. We're uh, recording this kind of at, kind of right after the quarantine. A lot of churches are just getting back and meeting and worshiping. So I, I just wanted to ask, first of all, Ken, how are you in all of this that's going on? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, like everybody else, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that it's been a struggle, you know, and uh, so struggle in a lot of ways, but uh, I think more than anything, uh, just kind of a struggle emotionally. 
because there's so much, uh, man, there's just so much uh, of an emotional drain uh, that this quarantine has taken. So, you know, physically, uh, it's provided some extra time. I've been able to work on some projects I hadn't been able to work on and all that. But, uh, but I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that there's kind of a, an emotional toll that comes with this. And so, uh, uh, and, and I'll be honest, one of the things that, uh, uh, that, that I have experienced is, you know, uh, not everybody is dealing with it in the same way. Mm. And so uh, for me, uh, that probably has created uh, maybe, maybe some unexpected tension uh, because uh, people are, there's a very wide range of uh, how people feel about social distancing and, you know, just all the different guidelines and things. And so, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that, uh, um, that it has created some tension and a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, not conflict, but just tension uh, with different people in my world. And so, uh, uh, but hey, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to work on character, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, uh, so uh, hopefully I've been becoming a whole lot more like Jesus as a result of this. <laughs> Yeah, sanctification has definitely been on uh, uh, overdrive for a lot of us during this this period of time. Absolutely, and you know, even though I, even when I say all that, because I want to be very real with you guys, but even when I say all that, the truth of the matter is, we are just incredibly blessed. Um, me personally, my family, and even our church, uh, we have been incredibly blessed. And this, uh, I, I really do believe, this pandemic has. Uh, has helped us and has kind of propelled us into our community uh, in a faster, greater capacity than we may have, than we probably would have. Mm. Uh, I can't tell you how many people we have fed, served, how many things we've done to get connected to people in our community. Uh, hopefully would have, we would have done them anyway, but this has, this really has accelerated a lot of our, community touches and our community connections. It, no question, it, it has accelerated a lot of that. That's awesome, Ken. That is a testimony of just being faithful to God's word and God's design for his church, just doing what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, I know a lot of people want to get pats on the back for just doing simply what we're supposed to be doing. But in times like these, when we do just the normal, simple things we're supposed to be doing. It does stand out. It seems to to make a bigger impact and people, people take notice. Uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about as far as uh, kind of the, the mix and blend of what was happening before COVID-19 versus how we're kind of trying to maneuver through that to maybe positioning ourselves to be better prepared for what's coming down the road. What kind of, what kind of trends were you seeing in disciple making? Because you, you get to, to, to be around a lot of prominent pastors and leaders and disciple makers, some guys who are really influential that are great, are great leaders, but help many of us, uh, Mark and I included. Uh, what kind of trends were you seeing in disciple making and how pastors and church leaders were, were getting on board with disciple making prior to this little inconvenience, we might call it? Uh, we've had the last couple of months and then how, how have you seen guys transition or pivot well during this time and, and take it, like you said, take advantage of just doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, that's a great question. Uh, it probably would uh, be one that uh, the more I could think about it, probably the better. But I, but I have been a part of uh, a couple of Zoom calls with uh, some different leaders and some different uh, disciple-making uh, ministries, even through Georgia Baptist Convention, a couple of other things, uh, some through uh, Alabama uh, State Board of Missions. And so, so I've been able to hear and pick up on some things that people are doing. Uh, I think uh, the first part of that question is what maybe what were some trends? You know, uh, I would just say that I think, I think the whole idea of disciple making uh, and discipleship, and I, as you guys know, I sort of, I sort of see those as two different things, you know, uh, disciple making uh, includes both evangelism and discipleship. And so, uh, so I would say that I think the, uh, the trend is, and it's kind of ironic, the trend is, is that we're getting back to something that's not trendy. <laughs> and so, uh, so disciple making is not trendy. It's 2000 years old. It's 2000 plus years old. And so, uh, I think what's been encouraging to me is just this, man, there's just a lot of people that are uh, realizing that what we needed to be doing for the last 2000 years is still what we need to be doing. And so, um, so I have seen a lot of churches, a lot of pastors really beginning to uh, have an awareness and a desire to really just want to figure out how do I lead my church to being a disciple making church? So that, that that's not real specific, but I, I do think that uh, people are more and more open to uh, how do we get back to disciple making? And so uh, I, I guess the other part of your question is maybe what has happened since then. Is that right? Is that kind of how you phrased it? Andy? Yeah. And so uh, I think maybe what I've seen, what I've seen since then is maybe two things. One is um, obviously when you when you uh, when you go without something, you begin to appreciate, it. you begin to um, you miss it, right? And so uh, I have a, a a couple of small groups, discipleship groups that I meet with a couple of guys uh, in two different times, uh, one on early Thursday morning, one on Sunday afternoon, and uh, we had to go without meeting for a little while. We did we didn't. Uh, we did a few uh, Zoom call type things, but we didn't meet as often. It just didn't, wasn't as, uh, just didn't, didn't flow as well as what we would normally do when we got together. And so uh, one of the interesting things is, is that we have been back together now for a couple of weeks. And um, I will tell you, it just seems like to me, all of these guys uh, just have a greater appreciation of what we have and what we went without. And so I don't think this is going to hurt disciple making. I think this is going to uh, improve or enhance disciple. I think it's going to make people want to be a part of it and appreciate it more and, um, and, and maybe even be more committed to it. I hope, I hope that's the case. I also think that uh, this is just a great example of how, uh, of how when Jesus designed the church 2000 years ago, man, it, it was, you know, I mean, we, we get this idea that this is when we say unprecedented, that we're going through something nobody else has been through, which the church has been through uh, pandemics, plagues, persecutions, and, and Jesus built a church to withstand the gates of hell. Right. And so he built the church. Uh, he built the church to be able to, uh, uh, to persevere through all these times. You know, I, 
I was on a Zoom call the other day and I made the comment. I said, uh, uh, you know, if we had a pastor from a church in China on this Zoom call, uh, this question would be answered very differently because if you get, if you're in China, you've probably been leading a church underground. So you haven't had a gathering with a lot of people. You haven't had a gathering with hundreds of thousands of people. You've probably been meeting in a small group in somebody's house, uh, hoping that nobody would know you're meeting. And so, uh, uh, so they've been quarantined for a while. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, I don't know if that speaks exactly to what you're asking, Andy, but those are just a couple of things that just come right off the top of my head as I think about what you asked. Yeah, Ken, I, I think that's exactly right. Um, you know, it, we're talking about, and you mentioned this all the time, we're talking about a, a, a pandemic helping us to get back to the way Jesus started the church. Um, and it's, it's sad. I think that sometimes it takes something like this to open our eyes to that, but it's taking the church outside the walls of the building, which is what disciple making is all about anyway. And, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of, a lot of leaders we talk to have realized maybe for the first time that, that, you know, this, this personal relationship based disciple making um, that, that, you know, we believe in, that we talk about all the time, um, they, they're finally beginning to understand that it's not just for small churches. It's not just for big churches, that it can scale to big to small, small to big. And so, you know, you started, you helped, helped you know, launch Crossroads there in Noonan. And, you know, disciple making has been your heartbeat the entire time. You've, you've been at this a while now. So talk a little bit about how you've experienced that very thing, how as you grow, maybe you made some shifts and changes and pivots, but, you know, disciple making works, you know, no matter what size you are. Talk about how you experienced that there in Noonan. Yeah. So uh, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, we, we really have been at it for a while. We just, uh, just this past month was our 31st anniversary as a church. And so, uh, I've been here since the beginning, you know, uh, after having helped plant Crossroads and uh, being here from pretty much the very beginning. I've, I have been able to see that. I've been able to see it. Uh, I've been able to see what disciple making looks like uh, when you're less than 100 and, and when you got several thousand coming. And so, um, so yeah, it, it's been good to be able to see that. And we have, uh, and you guys have heard me say this, so uh, we have probably tried uh, so many things. We we know more about what doesn't work than what does work. And so, uh, uh, so we're going to, you know, as you've heard me say, I'm going to, I'm going to write the book on what not to do when it comes to disciple making. And so, uh, uh, because we have learned that we have been through a lot of trial and error and we've been a real, really and truly, uh, our church has been a, uh, a research and development lab. And we've been able to sort of uh, hammer it out as we go. But but I want to I want to answer your question in another way, Mark. I want to go back to um, I, I want to go back to Jesus, and uh, and and here's what I want to do because because I think the best way to answer that question about scaling is uh, is to go back to the fact that when Jesus started a movement of multiplying disciples, he, he had nothing. I mean, he had nothing. He had he didn't have a podcast. Uh, he didn't have curriculum. He didn't have a budget. He didn't have a building. He didn't have technology. He didn't have a computer. 
everything that we make excuses for why we can't do it, he didn't have. But what he did have is that he had the Holy Spirit, or he, you know, he was there at the time, and then he sent the Holy Spirit, and then uh, he had people. And so here's what he did: is it? it he he just started. In fact, this is the, the great thing about your question: is that Jesus started small intentionally. I mean, he started with twelve. He didn't start with the three thousand in Acts chapter two. And so you know, you think about it: is that starting small was actually a part of his plan. It was a part of his strategy to start small. But if you do it right, and if you do it the way he did, I mean, look where we are today, literally, without being, if you think about the church today over the last 2,000 years, I mean, I mean, how many billions of Christ followers have there been? Literally, billions of Christ followers. And, and I would say that we've, we've been able to get, we've been able to get that kind of fruit with not even really being intentional and strategic. Because uh, I know I know more churches and pastors that are leading movements of addition than they are leading movements of multiplication. And so, if you look at if you look at the way uh, Jesus, you know, started with a handful of guys, and then he went from uh, just a handful to fruit to more fruit, and now much fruit from John chapter fifteen. So if you look at that, then, um, you know, and, and this, I know I may be getting a, a little more vague than you asked for, but I do think that if we will just go back to the strategy of Jesus and we help people go from uh, untrained seekers to fully trained disciples, from moving from the culture to the crowd, to community, to the core, to the called, then it doesn't matter how big you are, nor does it matter how small you are. You just have to mobilize around the principles and the strategy of Jesus. And so uh, I believe that that strategy works regardless. It, 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 it honestly, and I, it just transcends, uh, it transcends culture. It transcends uh, time and, and, and it works everywhere. And so, uh, uh, so anyway, I, I hope that answers your question. I feel like I've no, gone all over the map to get absolutely. there. It's one of the things that we love about you, Ken, is you always bring us back to Jesus and yeah. what he did for us and, and how he laid everything out for us. I mean, his whole life was not only lived as uh, as a righteous example and a righteous substitute, but I mean, it was the, the perfect way we're to do things. He was the practitioner we all should follow in everything we do. And like you said, that transcends culture. It transcends everything. I mean, even uh, epidemics um, and pandemics and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's, that's one of the reasons we're, we're having a second conversation with you is, is because we, we believe exactly in what you're talking about. The same thing you're talking about. It, yeah. you, you can't have some kind of new uh, quick fix, or as we've said, silver bullet uh, to, to, to do what Jesus calls us to do. It's just simply following him. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, brother. That's good. Well, uh, having said all that, what do you see, as far as in the near future for your church or other churches who are 
who are disciple making because we've had an awesome trend here in the last year and a half, two years in, in the state of Alabama. We've seen a lot of this happening on a national level too, of a lot of pastors getting on board with uh, disciple making. And it's, it's almost like we've talked about before. It's almost so old as new again, it's kind of the forgotten ways of Jesus that we're now rediscovering. And uh, what do you see now as far as how we can move forward? You said we've learned a lot and this has been as helpful for us as it is hard for us going through a pandemic. How do you think we can prepare ourselves better as churches and leaders to kind of do what's next? And, that's, that's not a trick question. I mean, obviously, I know it's going to be some of the same things we've we've talked about before, but just uh, it just encourage us a little bit with maybe what do you see that we can continue to do, or or things that are happening, or good things that you can point out that that you see uh, in, in trends in disciple making for the future of the church. Well, um, I've got a couple of things that are, that concern me. And so, uh, you know, you, you you preface that question in in a in a in a great way, and and I don't want to I don't want to take it the wrong way. I don't want it to sound I don't want it to sound negative because I think we just, but I do think we need to be concerned and we need to be uh, alarmed about a couple things. And uh, you know, I just uh, I just opened up a uh, an email today uh, from uh, our state paper here in. Uh, uh, in Georgia, and it was a uh, an article about the uh, annual church profile, and uh, oh man, it, it was it was very alarming to me because it was talking about uh, basically how uh, all across the board, for the most part, is that all of our numbers are trending down, and so uh, so we are decreasing as a denomination, and so I think we have to be concerned about that. I think we have to be. Um, uh, I think we have to be, you know, asking the question, what do we do? Because uh, I do believe this. I, y'all may have heard me say this, but I, uh, I heard a guy say one time, he said uh, to a group of pastors, uh, he made a statement. He said, let's just face it. Uh, we're managing decline. Mm. And uh, it just, man, honestly, I was a little bit miffed when I heard him say it. But after thinking about it, uh, I began to realize he was 100% correct. And I began to realize that um, that what he was saying was true, and that is never the way God intended it to be. And so, uh, so, so Jesus never uh, intended us to be managing decline. What Jesus intended us to be doing was to be managing growth and to be managing, uh, you know, expansion. And if you if you go back. Uh, to the book of Acts, and you read Acts, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the story of Acts, especially in the first six or seven chapters, is how the church was, was dealing with and how the church was managing uh, increase and growth and, and incline, not decline, you know. And so, uh, so one of the things I'm a little bit concerned about is I'm a little bit concerned about the fact that I think I hear some guys that uh, that sort of just just get satisfied with uh, well we're doing discipleship and doesn't really matter if it causes our church to grow or not uh, I don't I don't I don't think that lines up with what Jesus did uh, I think Jesus 
uh, Jesus literally started a movement of disciple making in order to reach the world. And so when we start to think or we lose sight of what the ultimate purpose of disciple making is, it's not just to take people deeper. It's not just to help people, um, you know, just master spiritual disciplines. The purpose of disciple making is to take people deep enough so that they go wider. And so that they would in ultimately that they would, uh, that they would, make more disciples that are making more disciples. And so I, I just don't think you want to separate. Uh, I don't think you want to separate, uh, you know, growth and disciple making. Disciple making ought to lead to growth. And if we don't get back, you know, if we don't get back to what Jesus told us to do 2000 years ago, uh, I think the annual reports are going to get worse and worse and worse. So um, so again, I didn't mean to, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, uh, encouraging us and all that. I just would say, man, let, let's, let's, let's don't chase the latest and greatest. Let's get back to doing what Jesus told us to do 2000 years ago. And, and, uh, let's, let's, uh, put our more time, energy, and effort into making disciples that will turn around and we'll multiply, um, more disciples. I, just finished writing a little resource called the power of multiplication. And, um, and the whole thing is based on the fact that uh, if we are doing, if we are doing uh, what they did in the book of Acts, then we will literally see uh, our churches increasing, not decreasing. Hmm. We'll be managing increase, not decrease. Well, so in you, you look at, you go to the book of Acts, and in the beginning, in Acts chapter 1, uh, there were 120 people in the upper room. And then by the end of Acts, most scholars uh, say that the city of Jerusalem was about 200 or 250,000 people, and the church had grown to over 100,000 people, maybe 150,000 people. That's what disciple making will do, if we do it the way Jesus did. And hey, that's that's exactly I think what what this is all about. And so I think what I'm about to ask you just did a little bit, but I know there's something else we can mention too. And we always want to close out with you know a word of encouragement. How can you encourage some of the the folks listening, especially those who are really wanting to be a disciple making church? But you have a resource and a tool actually. Um, that you're getting ready, you're already doing it now, but you're getting ready to launch a new version of that in August or a new, uh, a new uh, group or course of that. So tell us a little bit about, about this online uh, group that you have started to help pastors become disciple-making pastors. Yeah, thanks, thanks for asking about that, Mark. I, actually, you know, I didn't, even, I didn't even mention this to you guys before, but, uh, uh, but uh, there uh, a few, maybe, maybe a year or so ago, uh, uh, me and you guys, uh, two of you guys, and uh, Robert Mullins, we were doing a, a luncheon for North American Mission Board. And uh, I remember Robert asking uh, a room full of 70-something pastors uh, how many had been discipled. And uh, I, I was just really blown away by the few hands that went up. Uh, a, lot, a lot less hands uh, indicated, you know, uh, having not been, having been discipled and not been discipled. And, and it just, uh, you know, here I was facilitating it and I was, 
I, I was taking away from there. Something's got to change. Something's got to happen. And so, uh, so uh, not long after that, uh, I felt like, you know, if you're going to have movements of multiplying disciples, you got to start with the leader and you got to start with the pastor. And, uh, you know, I, I just see over and over again. In fact, in fact, I just saw an article um, this, this, uh, this past week, I think, but uh, I, I, I hope I'm right here, but I think it was Chuck Lawless or something on, on the problem with disciple making in the church today. I hope I got that right. But anyway, uh, it was uh, one of the things was that the, that the leaders, the pastors had not been discipled. And so uh, as a result from that, uh, out of uh, out of 31 years of trying to figure this thing out, uh, I feel like I finally had some things that might help guys. And I've, I want to share share those. So I created a, a an equipping group. Uh, I like to call it an equipping group because it's, it's not really – I don't really – feel called to do coaching. It's not really a coaching group. It's not a mentoring group, but it's a, it's an equipping group. And so, uh, so what we do is, is that we spend uh, really six sessions together uh, doing it through a, a zoom format. And uh, we have a, uh, something that we read and prepare for in advance. Uh, then we discuss it. Uh, we try to uh, apply it through a project that we do and so uh, it's, a, it's just a great opportunity uh, for a pastor specifically or staff member to uh, really sort of take, take their leadership to the next level in terms of disciple making. And so uh, my experience is that most pastors, they, they don't really know how to lead churches to do disciple making because either A, they didn't have a very good model in their pastor or B, uh, their seminary education left them lacking. And so, uh, uh, so uh, this is one of those things where this is an opportunity that we've created through Impact Ministries to try to, to, try to help pastors uh, get, some of the, get some of the tools and some of the priorities that are needed to be able to implement uh, disciple-making uh, in their local church. And so uh, we started these online equipping groups uh, we take up to about a dozen people uh, per session, and we meet, uh, in this case, we've been doing it every month. The one that starts on August the 11th is going to be a every other week format, and so we're going to try to accelerate it a little bit. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, if anybody that listens to your podcast wants to know about that, uh, they can get more information by going to impactdisciples.com. Uh, there's lots of information there about how to get signed up, how to register. That's uh, a really small, really small fee involved uh, to uh, be a part of that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, man, I'd, I would love for any, any pastors that say, or staff people that say, you know, I just want to learn a little bit more about those priorities. We go through six different priorities. So uh, it, it's, uh, I feel like it's a great resource for guys that are interested in that. So thanks for letting me share. Absolutely. We will put a link to that in our show notes. So people just be able to click on that link and find out more about that equipping group for pastors and leaders. And I'll just say, it'll be, it'll be worth your time, worth the investment in doing something like that. Like you said, Ken, Mark and I have found out through personal experience, the same sad story. And that is a lot of pastors and church leaders have never had someone personally intentionally invest in them. So but we, we appreciate you doing that. And we appreciate you being on the podcast uh, with us again this week. And we, we love you, my brother, and we love what God is doing in and through you. 
and uh, we know we, we we'll get to see each other and spend some time together uh, doing some things uh, to to help pastors and leaders make disciples. Yeah, fantastic! Great to be with you guys again today. Yeah, Thanks we so know. Much. We know those who have listened today have been better encouraged and equipped to lead in the local church, and we thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the end of this episode, and Annie and I are so excited to announce this contest, our Bribe to Subscribe contest. We're bribing you to subscribe. It is exactly as it says. Uh, the bribe is very simple. You can enter in a contest to win a brand new iPad. Uh, if you are a, a current listener and you are subscribed, or if you can convince someone new to join in and subscribe to our podcast, you will be entered to win an iPad. That's awesome. Here's how you do that. Very simply, go to churchleadershippodcast.com. In the top right corner, click on the tab that says Bribe to Subscribe Contest. Click on that, and Mark, tell us real quick what, what's going to happen when they click on that tab and how they can enter. So, yeah, you'll have all kind of uh, information there, details on how to enter, but I'm going to share with you. If you're a new subscriber, you can enter to win the new iPad. If you're a current subscriber, you could also enter to win. So if you're a new subscriber, uh, what you need to do is subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on Spotify, and then fill out the form right there on the website that that Andy just mentioned, and then share our podcast on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The tags are there. Once you click on that bribe to subscribe contest on churchleadershippodcast.com. So that's how, if you're a new subscriber to our podcast, you can enter to win the iPad. And we're also bribing current subscribers. So you may think, well, what about me? I've subscribed for a long time. You can also enter to win the new iPad. Convince someone else to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Fill out the form again on the same page. Let us know what platform they subscribed on and then share our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you're a new subscriber or a current subscriber, you can enter to win this new iPad. We are certainly not above bribery. We're real, we're honest, and we are bribing you to subscribe. Yeah, and we're going to leave it up to you if you're a current subscriber and you win that iPad, how you share that with the new subscriber that, uh, that, <laughs> that, right. that got you to win that. So. That's right. But no, we're thankful for all of you who listen. We're excited about uh, our new subscribers that are coming along simply because of this contest. And we hope you have a, a great time with this with this contest. We know we're going to enjoy seeing the, the feedback and the, the tags on social media. That's right. So the contest is going to run through July 13th and we'll announce on the episode that airs on July 14th, the winner. And we're excited about it. So make sure you go out there and subscribe or get somebody else to subscribe so we can bribe you to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 